0: Thank you, Melanie Crane. And that was just amazing, Claire. Thank you. You actually had me tearing up at one point. I just didn't know I was going to be able to speak tonight. In fact, but you were so good, I could hand over to you. Amazing. Right. If you don't know me, good evening. It is so good to see all of you here tonight. Um, my name is Phil. I'm married to Matt. We have a nine year old son and a daughter who is 11, going on 16. We are um, on the precipice of navigating the teenage years. And I'm not going to lie, um, I'm slightly terrified. So, any teen parents out there if you have tips please share them with me they will be very gratefully received. Um, I'm part of the leadership team here at Real Life Church and along with Matt we get to lead a life group and the worship team which we just love and as well you also see so much of us singing every Sunday on here. Now the way tonight is gonna look as Mel kind of said a bit there is I'm gonna speak out of something that I feel God has spoken to me and um, something that I feel like he wants to do tonight so I do have my Bible here, but I'm not speaking out of a certain scripture. There's loads of scriptures peppering the whole preach. Um, So this is probably not one where you're gonna want to try and follow it in your Bible. So can I just encourage you to just sit back and allow the Holy Spirit to speak? I really believe he wants to do some work here tonight and I'm very excited. Okay, now I work with wood. I'm I'm not a trained carpenter or wood turner, in fact the only training I have is actually in primary school teaching, nothing to do with wood, Um, but I love working with my hands and I love creating new things, I love making and painting and I love being able to take something that is seemingly past its best and bring new life out of it, so that's what I do, I take old pieces of wood that have been used as things before, bits like this, very rustic, I think that was a palette, Um, this was bit of a floorboard. Uh, this was um, Paul Dibbon's shed. Thank you, Paul. Um, so bits of rustic old wood like that, that just feel like they have um, already served their purpose. And I turn them into something new, hopefully something pretty, that people like to buy and put in their homes, things like this. And um, these little blocks. And let's do one more. This Sounds like a plug for me now, doesn't it? And Little things like this. I paint them up, I put bits of truth all over them, and um, I sell them. That's what I do as my job. Now, when you're buying a piece of furniture that's made from wood, you'll pay more money for pieces that are smooth and in which the grain is even and clean. However, when I'm reclaiming pieces of wood, I often come across pieces that are really knotty. So I showed you that one from Paul. If you can see there, there's a big knot in there. You can see it slightly better on this one. But can you see that? little wood knots in these now these wood knots can be quite unpopular with carpenters because they actually weaken the structural integrity of the wood so they're not ideal when you're building furniture but from an artistic point of view when you're painting things onto them they are my favorite I think they are absolutely beautiful I love it when I come across a particularly knotty piece of wood because it brings such character and uniqueness to the piece I'm making. If I ever cut an elbow, which was one of these, little block of truth for those aren't um, PYD regulars, Um, and it has some like gorgeous knots in it. I never paint those. Those blocks always get the stain treatment so I can enhance the depth of the knot more and just make it shine out. And I always feel a bigger bubble of excitement as I wrap those pieces up, knowing that something unique is gonna be proudly displayed in someone else's home. Now, you are probably wondering why I am chatting away to you about wood when you've come here to hear about Jesus, but bear with me, I am getting there. A few weeks ago, Jesus spoke to me twice in two days. And he said that I am to seek him where he is. I'm to seek him where I am. I'm to look for him in my everyday, not to wait for specific times when I allocate him space, but to keep an eye out for where he is and what he is doing in my regular day. As Rob said last week, he doesn't want me to miss the moments. So that got me thinking as I was working away in my workshop about the wood I use and why do I love these knotty pieces so much? So I decided to do a bit of research. And then as I was doing that, Jesus began speaking again. Now, when you look at a piece of wood and you see the knots in it, those knots are the places where the branches used to grow out from the original tree trunk. As a tree begins to grow, its lower branches tend to be either cut off prematurely or naturally die, and they fall away from the trunk, leaving behind little stumps. Now, after these branches are gone, the tree continues to grow and the new trunk wood grows over the spots where the branches used to be. The branch stumps become overgrown and enclosed by subsequent layers of trunk wood. And as the tree grows and expands, these stumps get compacted down by the outer layers of wood and they sink deeper into the heart of the tree. They don't disappear. They're definitely still there, but as the year goes by, years go by, they become more and more hidden from sight and they're soon forgotten. And it's only when the tree is cut down and sliced up, can you see the hidden places where the branches used to be. And these are the knots. Now I'm getting to my point. I feel tonight God wants to speak to us about dreams, about callings, about dreams and callings that he has placed on your life and on mine. Callings that have been forgotten, dreams that have been put down and lost. Just as the branches on the tree have been severed or died off and the stumps consumed by the effects of time passing. So I believe on this screen tonight, there are many, many dreams that have been severed from our lives or have simply died or been put down. And as the years have passed by, they've been swallowed up by life. I know every single person here carries dreams in their hearts and callings over their lives because I know the God who put them there. That's what he does. And for some of you, those dreams and callings have been severed or have died and have been compacted down over the years and you've let go of them. You've forgotten them. You've given up on them and you've allowed them to become buried so deep. But as I was in my workshop a few weeks ago, chopping and sanding and painting bits of this beautiful knotty wood, I felt God say that tonight he wants to restore those dreams. He wants to breathe new life into those callings. I believe he wants to delve beneath the surface beneath what everyone else sees in our lives and pull out of us the beautiful dreams and powerful callings that he himself put there in the first place. He wants to do a powerful resurrecting work in the plans he has for us, he wants to enthuse us invigorate us and equip us with the transforming power of his Holy Spirit to step into everything that he has got for us. I've been praying over the last couple of weeks every day that the Holy Spirit would be stirring us all and beginning his resurrection, restoration work in you. And tonight I have faith that he will. So I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, I pray you will continue to move. I have faith that you have been already. And I pray tonight as I speak, you will come and inhabit my words. You will come and bring to light works that you want to do in each and every life on this screen. I pray your restoration power in our dreams and over our callings will start tonight. Amen. Okay, so why does God call us or give us dreams? Well, God chooses us to partner with him. He has a mission here on earth to bring his people back to himself through the precious blood of his son and restore our hearts to his, to spread the gospel message, to feed the hungry, to clothe the poor, to comfort the widows and ultimately save the lost. Now, he can do all of this completely on his own. He is all powerful. Nothing happens but by his say so. But as Paul Dibbon beautifully said to us last week, God doesn't need us, but he chooses to partner with us to do his will. That in itself is a mind blowing truth. Now, in Ephesians 2, another Paul states that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We are called to look after his world, to help the homeless, to feed the hungry, to look after the widows, to reflect his creativity, to share his truth, to preach the gospel. We are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the commands of Jesus and knowing that as we do this, he is with us even to the very end of the age. We are called to partner with God in his great mission. Now, in order to partner well with him we need to have the vision we need to know what we're getting into we need to have our hearts captivated completely our hearts need to break for what breaks his and sing for what makes his sing how many times have you watched charity adverts especially around christmas when they ask you to donate money and they show you pictures of children starving or war-torn communities as they ask you to join with them and donate money they do that to capture our hearts to bring out our empathy, to make us feel. And this is exactly what God does. He plants deep inside us little snippets of his heart. We cannot partner with him if we don't have a passion burning deep inside us for the things that he cares about. And it is these burning passions that are the dreams and the callings that he has on our lives. One of the most famous verses in Jeremiah, I'm pretty sure nearly everyone on this screen is going to have heard this goes a bit like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, as I said, pretty sure everybody knows that one. In fact, I have painted it onto several pieces of wood. Um, Now, when we read this, we often focus on the second part of this scripture, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. And we can often fixate on that, which is amazing because that is beautiful truth. But sometimes that stands in the way of the full significance of the first part really sinking in. For I know the plans I have for you. God has plans for us. He doesn't just wish prosperity for us or sit back and hope that everything turns out well for us. He doesn't just make us, pray over us, send us on our merry way, all the while passively watching and wondering how our lives are going to turn out. He has made plans for us. He has been active in his design on our lives. Before the beginning of time, he sat down with his paper and his pen and he drew out his plans for us. Probably not literally, but I like to think he did. He created amazing, intricate blueprints of all the incredible bespoke purposes he has for each and every one of us here. As he was knitting you together in your mother's womb, he was dreaming, he was planning, he was creating. He has got dreams for you and he has knitted those dreams, those plans, those callings into the very fibre of your being. He placed those seeds deep down into the depths of your heart at the beginning of time for them to grow with you as you grow. He has plans. So how do we know what those plans are for us? Are your plans the same as mine? Now this is where the beauty and the intricate detail of God's creation just astounds me. God made us all different. Things I love, you may not. Things that excite you may make my head hurt. Now, I love glitter and paint and mess, but spreadsheets and rotors make me want to cry. Yep, no surprise there to those of you who know me. Um, Yeah, I know that there are some of you on here tonight who will jump at the opportunity to crack out the Excel, but when I said glitter, I could actually see a cold sweat breaking out on your forehead. Now, we are all different and that is not by accident. God has woven different dreams into different people. He has placed callings on our lives that are as different as the East is from the West, and he has done so knowing that when we all grab hold of these callings and allow ourselves to dream with him, the beautiful tapestry of his multicolored, multifaceted plan starts to play out. So what are the plans, the callings and the dreams that God has spoken over you? What makes you tick? What makes your heart beat faster? What makes your soul sing? What do you know you're good at? Chances are those are the dreams and the callings that God has placed in you right at the very beginning. Those are the things that knit your soul to his and stamp you out as part of his beautiful creation. His plans connect you to him, to his purpose, to his mission, to his very heart. So what are they for you? I'll give you a little example of me. Um, It will probably come as no surprise. I love music. I love singing, playing, listening to music, writing songs. Am I the best musician and singer in the world? Oh, my word, no. But do I know that this is something that God has woven right into the very core of me? Absolutely. I love also to create. I love painting and making and baking. And I'm even, and I think this is because I turned a significant age a little while ago, starting to love gardening. What is going on? I know my mum is so proud. Now, all these things make me feel so alive and I feel closer to the heart of God whenever I do any of them. These are the dreams he has placed in me. So then what I try to do is look for how I can use them to further his kingdom and bring glory to his name. I paint truth onto bits of wood. I, along with a couple of fab friends, bake cakes that we try and give away and bless people with. I write songs that I feel he asks me to write and try to glorify him in that. But I know I've barely scratched the surface of what he has for me in all these areas because my own sin and selfishness and humanness often get in the way. I know he has so much more if I just let him. And the same is true for you too. When we unite our passions with the calling of God on our lives and we suddenly realise that more often than not, they are the same thing, that excitement can begin to bubble up. We burn with zeal for the Lord. We give our time, our energy, our finances to make them happen. And we do it with passion and commitment. When we know we are walking in the plans he has for us, something in the very depths of our soul lights up. What makes you light up? What dreams has God knitted into the very core of you? So if dreaming with God and partnering with him in his great commission is so exciting, why do our dreams get lost? Why do they fade and sometimes die? Well, there are many reasons. Time goes by, we don't see our dreams grow as quickly as we would like. We get hurt in the area of our calling. We get tired from the slog. We see others who are further ahead in our field the list goes on there are many reasons for why we let go of our dreams and our callings and i just want you tonight briefly look at four of them because these are the four i feel like god wants to do some work in in all of us tonight okay so the first reason we can let go of our dreams and calling is disappointment have your dreams not progressed as quickly as you wanted Did you think by now you'd have a huge upfront ministry or um, a massively successful business, but it's nowhere near that? Maybe your dreams not turned out to look the way you thought it would, or is your timing and God's timing, are they just not matching up? Now, disappointment is a very common reason for us to put down the calling God has on our lives. Unfortunately, more often than not, when we feel disappointed like this, it's because we believe God should be doing things a certain way. His plan should look the same as ours. And it's often when we try to jump into the driver's seat that we stop seeing the fruit that we would like to see. The thing is, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the creator of our dreams. And Jesus is the one who should always remain firmly in the driver's seat. And when we submit fully to his plans and his will for our lives, we won't feel that disappointment. Things may not always look the way we think they should, but, When we trust in him with all our heart, rather than leaning on our own understanding, when we seek his will in all we do, he will show us the right path to take. And we will press forward in greater contentment than if we try to go it alone. If you're feeling disappointed tonight that your dreams have not gone the way you thought, can I suggest that you take them back to Jesus, that you get on your knees before the cross and repent And then you allow him to take back the reins and enjoy the peace that comes from walking the paths that Jesus has laid out for you. Okay. The second one, the second reason is pain. This is a biggie. Have you ever had someone speak something over you that has ripped the rug out from under your feet? Maybe someone you trusted or held in high esteem. Someone that's caused you to doubt whether God has actually spoken. Now, can I be really real with you on this one? This is going to happen. Unless you intend to live completely isolated from every other human on the planet for the rest of your days, there is no way we can avoid people hurting us with their words or their actions. It's just part of living in a fallen world. And unfortunately, the more upfront your calling makes you, the more likely this is to happen. Now, sometimes people may be intentionally trying to hurt you, but most of the time that's not the case at all. We're all human. That means we're all flawed we are going to say things that hurt and leaders are no exception. More often than not, we place leaders on a pedestal that should only be reserved for Jesus. So when they say something that hurts, it cuts even deeper, but living in the reality of a flawed world doesn't make the pain that words can inflict any less real. Whenever people speak, they have the power to hurt, but the way we move on from that pain is completely up to us. We alone are the ones who give power over our lives. If we allow words and actions of others to wound us irreparably, we are the ones who have to walk the rest of our lives with the scars. But we have an incredible superpower that the only the Holy Spirit can give us. And that is the power of forgiveness. When we forgive people, we cut all the strings their words or actions have tied us up in. We take back the power we allowed them to have over our lives and we walk in true freedom doesn't mean forgiveness is easy. Because when we forgive, we give up our right to seek justice. We give up our right to hold a grudge. And doing that is so incredibly hard. But I tell you what, it is worth every painful step because the freedom you feel from forgiving others is almost indescribable. When you stop letting other people have power over your emotions, you are finally free to walk fully in the calling God has placed on your life. I also find it helps if you have good friends around you. Not friends who are gonna stand with you and moan and encourage you in your bitterness and your rage, but friends who are gonna challenge you and call you to forgive. I've had a very good friend sitting in my kitchen while I have sobbed big ugly sobs over words that have been spoken over me, and she kindly and firmly said she would not let me give up on my calling, even though I was at the point where I was ready to. That is good friendship. Surround yourself with good people forgive those who hurt you with their words or their actions and move on do not let pain take root in your hearts because the second you do it begins to turn to bitterness and that as it says in proverbs 14 will rot your bones and keep you stuck who has spoken things over your callings that have resulted in you putting them down who do you need to forgive tonight okay the third one is exhaustion sometimes we just run out of steam We feel like after years of slogging away, we have nothing left to give. Maybe you've always done the same thing, served in the same area, worked in the same job, and you have forgotten why you do it. Have you lost your love for it? This would be particularly relevant over the last 18 months. We've all put things down, and we've had a break from our normal habits, which means it forces us to look at why we formed them in the first place. Serving God and walking in our calling has tough times. I'm not gonna pretend it's easy. That would be lying. It has times when we get tired and disheartened, but we only get thoroughly exhausted when we stop working in the power of the spirit and we start to try and do it all in our own strength. Paul says we can do all things, but only through Christ who strengthens us. If you put your dreams down because you were too exhausted to carry them anymore, can I suggest you go back to Jesus and ask him to show you the point where you took them out of God's hands and you started to carry them for yourself? Zechariah tells us that it's not by our might, and it's not by our power that we thrive in this life, but by the spirit of the Lord of heaven's armies. Even the strongest, most capable among us pales into insignificance in the face of all God can achieve through his power and might. He calls, he equips, he empowers. We were never meant to do this on our own. And the last reason that we can put our dreams down is unbelief or lack of faith or fear. Now, this is when we don't actually believe God can accomplish the things he's promised. Our dreams, our callings suddenly look too big. The world around us starts to speak louder and we turn down the volume on the voice of God. The one way to guarantee unbelief and fear reign in your heart and mind is to take your eyes off the prize. And What is our prize? Jesus. Our fear grows, our lack of faith grows, our unbelief grows when we don't have a big enough picture of who God is. Jeremiah 32 27, God says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples on the earth. Is anything too hard for me? I still love that picture. In fact, I think I referenced this last time that Stuart brought ages ago of the lion of Judah walking by our side. God is not a little kitten sitting in our lap, warm and fuzzy, but totally useless in a battle. He is all powerful, all encompassing, totally sovereign. And as soon as we get our vision of him in perspective in the right place, our fears can begin to melt away and we can boldly walk the path he's laid out for us. So when we feel pain or disappointment or fear or exhaustion, we can easily let go of our dreams. We can forget the callings we know deep down God has for us. And just like the new wood of the tree trunk grows over the wound of the severed branch, so we let life and busyness grow over the dreams and the callings that God has given us. And as more time passes, more layers of wood grow over the place where the branch used to be and the wounded part of the tree sinks deeper and deeper into the trunk until it has become a dark knot that is hidden from view. It's not until the tree gets harvested for its wood and the trunk split open, that we see the knot again. We remember that it's there as we slice the wood, sand the wood, polish up the wood, and we see that it is actually the most beautiful part of the tree. Tonight, I believe God wants to open us up and bring back into the light the dreams and the callings that he's placed on our lives, that for whatever reason we have allowed to grow cold, that we have allowed to die, that have been forgotten. He wants to bring his resurrection power to the dreams he knitted into us so long ago, and restore them to full beauty. Now, I just wanna put a tiny little aside in here that I believe is for some people on the screen, not everyone, for some. Often when the branches of a tree are removed, after time, new shoots can grow and new branches can form and replace the old ones. The severing of the old branches makes way for new growth. For some of you on here tonight, I felt God say it is time to dream a new dream. Jesus has plans for you. It may be that some of you have not lost your dreams, but instead have been pressing on in them, but are not seeing them come to fruition in the way you'd like. And for some of you, I feel like God would say, it's time to put these dreams down. It's time to cut the branch from the trunk of the tree, and it is time to make room for new growth, for new dreams that Jesus wants to bring to you. If that is you, I just pray that God makes it really, really clear to you right now that that specific word is for you. Yeah, do that, Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's bring this into land. Let's focus our eyes on the one who calls us, the one who gives us our dreams and who tonight is going to restore them. In 1 Peter 5, verse 10 says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. God's heart for us is to restore to full life the dreams he knitted into us long ago. He wants to bring us life and life in all its fullness. It's why he came. He wants to set us free to live our lives the way he planned, walking the paths he laid out for us. He wants to set us on the right track and set our hearts on fire again for him. And he's ready and waiting tonight with his spirit to equip you to do all this. He promises in Joel 2 that he will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. He is a God who is in the business of restoration. Now, if you will allow Jesus to do this resurrecting work in you tonight, you're gonna wake up tomorrow with a greater sense of purpose. You will have a stronger sense of who you are in Christ and the incredible part you get to play in God's mission. When we allow our dreams and our callings to grow in line with God's will, they become like the branches of a tree growing stronger and stronger over time. We prune off the dead bits. We deadhead any flowers. We trim the spindly bits. Told you I was getting into gardening. Um, And the result is the branches grow stronger. They become wider and more firmly attached to the trunk. They draw more strength from the trunk and they bear more fruit. Church, it is time to respond to the call of God on our lives. It is time to raise up. And none of that is about what you need to do and can strive to do and can work harder to do. It's about completely submitting to the will of God and all he has already promised. All you need to do is say yes. All you need to do is relinquish your hold on the reins and give them back to him. All you need to do is trust that your father in heaven, who has a plan to give you a future and a hope, knows exactly what he's doing and will walk with you every step of the way. A people who walk in the callings God has placed on their lives, a people who dream with Jesus and allow him to guide their path, is a people that makes the kingdom of hell shake. A people that cause the angels to sing with excitement, and a people that make the world sit up and take notice. When we allow God to be the Lord over our dreams, we become mighty warriors in his kingdom. And when we all do that together, now that is an army that will strike fear into the heart of the enemy. That is an army ready to partner with God in his great mission. So are you willing to let God do some work in you tonight? Are you willing to let him restore to you the dreams and the callings that he gave you? I'm really praying you are because I know he wants to do some stuff tonight. I know he wants to work in our hearts. However, if you do want to do this, it's gonna require a bit of action. We're gonna respond. I'm gonna lead us in some responses and they're going to be active. So there are four parts to this response that I want us to do tonight as we finish off. The first one, some of us tonight are going to need to repent. We are going to need to repent for putting down our dreams, for no longer trusting in God's plan for our own sinful behavior. Repentance is something God requires of us so he can move in our lives, restore us to fullness and bless us with times of refreshing. If you want to move forward in God, repentance is necessary. It's essential. So we're going to do that now. If you have something to repent of, God will be popping it into your mind. If there's something in the area of this in your dreams, he's just reminding you of that. The Holy Spirit is just bringing it to the forefront. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes. And I just want you to get before God. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your head. You can get down on your knees. It's completely up to you. But be honest with him. So I'm going to give you two minutes. If you feel if there are things you need to repent of, take these two minutes now. Off you go. Okay. If you did that, well done. That's brilliant. Now, if repentance is hard, I'm afraid this next one is a bit harder. Sorry. There are some of us on here tonight who need to forgive. Now, forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision that we have to make to release our feelings of resentment or vengeance towards someone who's harmed us, someone who has spoken things over you or has caused you pain or played some role in the putting down of your dreams. If you have someone you need to forgive tonight, again, you're gonna know it because they'll be in your head right now. This is just how the Holy Spirit works. It's an example of his power and the kindness of Jesus. He helps us to do this. In fact, we can only forgive through the power of the Spirit. Now, I think this one is really best done out loud, but you don't have to. If you're not alone in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you are, that's totally fine. But there is real power when you speak forgiveness out loud. So if you want to, if you know you've got someone to forgive tonight and you want to say it out loud, you want to move to another room, feel free. Go and do that now. Now, there is a really simple forgiveness prayer that we use from the guys over at Freedom in Christ that I find really, really helpful. It's not a magic prayer. It's not a magic formula. It's just a framework that we often use. I've used it many times to help us. So I'm going to read it out and then I'd love you to repeat it after me. So before we repeat it, it just it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I forgive the person for whatever they did, which made me feel and acknowledge how you felt. Okay, So that's the first bit. And then I'm going to read the second bit. And if you can repeat that after me. okay. Holy Spirit, just pray power over this. I just pray your strength over everybody who needs to forgive someone now, because I know this is a hard thing to do. But Jesus, we know you are good. Okay, if you've got someone to forgive, just say this after me. Lord Jesus, I forgive and say their name. I forgive them for and say what they did. This made me feel and say how it made you feel. Okay, and now repeat this bit after me. Lord, I release this person to you, and I release my right to seek revenge. I choose not to hold on to my bitterness and anger. And I ask you to heal my damaged emotions. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. If you just did that, well done that that is not an easy thing to do and that's fantastic and holy spirit i just pray now that you rush in and you fill the gaps that may have been left by any resentment or needs to get revenge that were filling up there lord jesus i just pray you rush in and bless everybody that did that that's amazing okay the third one this is the last one we're going to do all together Okay, I want us to declare our trust in God. If we are going to walk in the powerful dreams he has for us, we are going to need to to trust an all-powerful God. So I would love us to declare some truth out together. I'm going to do this again primary school style. I'm going to say it, and if you can honestly declare your trust in God over your dreams and your future, say it after me. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I declare you are the sovereign king of heaven. You are the Lord of Heaven's armies. And you are the one who has the final say. Tonight, I place in you my full trust. And I ask you to restore in me the dreams and plans that you put there in the first place. I trust you. I love you. May my life bring glory to your name. Amen. Well done. Fantastic. Okay. And the final one is something you've got to go and do on your own this final one, this response, is you have to stand up and take a step. What do you need to do to start walking with God in your dreams again? If you know God's put worship in you, go and pick up your guitar, dust it off, start playing it. If you know he's called you to write, pick up your pen. If you know he's put social action in your heart, look at the charities in your local area, do some research. Who needs you? Who needs volunteers? And Really, really importantly, if you've taken any of these steps tonight, forgiven anyone, repented of things, any of it, please tell someone. Tell your life group leader, tell someone in your group, tell a friend you trust, tell a leader, tell me. I would love to hear what God has done in you this evening, but don't keep quiet. Speaking things out like this keeps us accountable, keeps us moving and it keeps us safe. So if God has done some work in you this evening, tell someone. Okay guys that was amazing work. Thank you and well done. I know that that wasn't all very easy at the end there but Philippians 1 says that we can be confident that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to wrap us up in prayer. Holy Spirit come and fill your people. I thank you for each and every face on this screen here tonight Lord Jesus. I thank you that you love them that your heart is for them, that you have plans to give them a future and a hope. And I pray now that you will equip us, empower us, captivate us and restore us to all the beautiful plans that you, Heavenly Father, have for us. I pray that we will be a people who walk in the purposes of the Lord, who move in the power of the Spirit and who love Jesus above all else. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will be a people who know that it is time to stand. It is time to trust. It is time to move. It is time to dream again. Amen. Thank you, guys.